Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This episode of Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by the battle cry of seagulls. Instead, it's brought to you by CrimeCon. That's right, CrimeCon is happening again this year on May 4th through 6th, 2018 in Nashville, Tennessee. It's going to be at the Gaylord Opryland. We're going to be there. A whole bunch of other podcasts are going to be there. A whole bunch of other famous TV personalities are going to be there. And you should really be there. Uh, We are going to have a live show on Saturday. So come and see us then. We'll release a time ahead of time once we've completely firmed that up. We're also doing a meetup that night, Saturday night time and venue to be released and there might even be a special surprise in there but we're not going to tell you that now so you have to come and see it and we will see you at crime con this episode is also brought to you by stitcher premium Yay! so if you go to stitcher.com slash thinking sideways you can sign up for stitcher premium using the promo code sideways and you get one month free and the joy of stitcher premium is of course that you're gonna get episodes four days early you're gonna get them ad free and we are putting out monthly bonus content on down the rabbit hole so all kinds of extra stuff available there for you. So stitcher.com slash thinking sideways, promo code sideways. there welcome to another episode of thinking sideways the podcast i am devin joined as always by joe and steve apparently i'm saying it for them now yes today we're gonna talk about a not true crime mystery or i guess maybe a true crime mystery it was probably murder yeah maybe but on a bigger scale on a gigantic Mm -hmm. scale yeah on kind of like a a bludgeon cudgel scale not like a scale yeah Yeah. totally yeah not a stabbing no Mm -hmm. it was blunt force trauma (laughs) we're gonna talk about the tunguska event and this was originally suggested by joseph way back in 2015 which kind of seems like it was just yesterday but that was a long Long time ago. It kind of was. I know. I got to be yeah. honest with you. I kind of thought we had covered this story. No, no, no we haven't. Oh, I've, I've read enough about this, and this was seems our, just kind of our bag back in the day when we were doing the twenty-five minute episodes. I'm mm. like, we totally must have covered that <laughs> one already. No, no. Oh my god, not. it's not on the list. No. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Just no. weird. We didn't do it. No, we're gonna right yet. now though. We've been planning on it for a long time. Twenty-five minutes. Maybe. 
Probably not much longer, though. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, you like those long ones, but it's not going to be this one. No, actually, this uh, actually this particular event has been uh, thoroughly explored by some very credible scientists. It has. Um, and yeah. Not so credible scientists. Well, yeah. no, some credible, some not. Yeah, but, some, you know. uh, some of both. Yeah. Uh, so if you are unfamiliar with the Tunguska event, uh, it happened 110 years ago. Mm, that's right. In June of 1908, the 30th of June to be exact, a huge, like, huge, like, like huge explosion. So big, the H isn't even pronounceable, isn't even pronounceable it's, anymore. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. A huge explosion rocked the isolated area of Siberia called... Well, the isolated area of Siberia. Like there, like there's no, no, a, no. Is there a not isolated No, I'm sorry. It's a Siberia? specific isolated area. Even more not, isolated? No, no. It's not even more. It's just okay. one of these, one okay. of the isolated areas because all of Siberia Pick is Pick a point in Siberia. It's isolated. Yeah. Oh. We're but this one has stuff. a name. It's called Yeniskesk Governance, oh. now called something else that I'm not going to be able to pronounce. That was pretty close. Okay. This event took place close to the Stony Tunguska River, which is apparently the only way to identify things out there. Yeah. So it is called the Tunguska event, even though Tunguska isn't a place. Actually, yeah, there is a town called Tunguska, but it's not exactly where the event took place. Yeah, but... it's 100 miles away or something. Yeah, it's, I'm it's also not... south of there, yeah. I yeah. don't know, you might know this, yeah. when that became a place. I uh, that I could not tell. And you if either. it became a place after it this might event, have. in memoriam, and, oh, but, recognition. But, but also, by the way, uh, this this place does show up. The, the actual crater, not that there, the impact site, does show up on Google Maps. Yeah. If you look. Yeah. Well, the the event area. I, there's a little. I think is yeah. what we'll call it. Yeah, I mean, it's marked on Google. It's like you can't actually see the you actual. You can see it on. They've, they've drawn a line around it. You can yeah. see it on Google no. Earth, though. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super isolated place. Yeah. Like we said, it's Siberia. Mm. To this day, no one really knows what caused the explosion. The explosion is so big that it blew the H off of it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was big. You yeah. know, hundreds of square miles of yeah. devastation. It was. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it. But just quickly, it's not a little ears warning. I just want to mention that at this time in Russia, they were still on the Ju- Julian. Julian, thank you. Calendar. Yeah. I was like, wait, Gregorian? No, that's the one we're on now. So a lot of the eyewitness accounts and things you'll read say that it happened on June 17th, not June 30th. But I just want to get this out of the way so we're not getting emails from people who are like, you dummy. Well, I know. It's, 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 it's actually the 30th. We're, we're so used to having one calendar. We, that, there's even people today that are under different calendars. But the Gregorian calendar started in, I believe, was it 1582 when Pope Gregory oh. the 13th? Decided to knock 11 days off of October because apparently people thought October was getting too good of a deal. Yeah. So they took 11 days out, and so everything kind of shifted. And so, but not everybody shifted to the Gregorian calendar. Right away, at least. Yeah, no, the calendar has been moved around a couple of times. I know there was at some point that the the Russian people were on a different calendar that had them two or three. 3,000 years ahead of the rest of the world, as in everybody said, it's 1902, and they're like, nope, it's 6205. Like, there was just this weird, I don't know the exact numbers, but they did it a number of times. They shifted their calendar, and uh-huh. it makes it super confusing. Well, you know, actually, we are reaching that point in our society where there's going to be enough Trekkies out there, they'll take over Congress and probably the White House, and it's going to be star dates, like star date 2307 or something yeah. like that here pretty quick. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. You want to start putting it in your diary, though. Anyway, uh, let's oh, sorry, maybe get back ahead. to this. Yeah. <laughs> We're way off track already. We are going to make this more than 25 minutes no matter what. You sure okay. are. I'm really sorry, everyone else. Uh, yeah, apologies. <laughs> As mentioned, the morning of the 30th of June, 1908, an explosion that modern-day scientists estimate was anywhere between... Oh, was anywhere from, sorry, 15 to 20 megatons caused about 770 square miles, which is about 2,000 square kilometers of trees to just blow right over. Mm. For those of us who have to look this sort of thing up, the atomic bomb that we set off in Hiroshima was about 15 kilotons, which means that... Kilo and not mega, right? Yeah, so that means that the blast was, at this estimate, at minimum 1,000 times more powerful than that atomic bomb, which is pretty powerful in Mm -hmm. 1908. 
Also, reportedly, though the blast completely flattened all of the trees, there were officially no reported deaths of humans. Well, that's because the bodies were actually underneath the trees. Mm-hmm. They should have looked under the trees. Yeah. The reindeer yeah. just didn't report in. Actually, yeah. the reindeer did die a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of wildlife did, yeah. But no humans, specifically because of the blast. At about 7 a.m. local time, natives and Russian settlers in the area reported seeing a bluish column of light, nearly as bright as the sun, streaking through the sky. About 10 minutes later, a very loud boom, a very loud boom, is kind of an understatement, a very loud boom, was heard, and a shockwave powerful enough to knock people to the ground and shatter windows was felt hundreds of miles and kilometers away, both. And most of the eyewitness reports actually came from towns that are hundreds of miles away, but felt shockwaves that they likened to tremors or earthquakes. And it is actually estimated that many of those tremors were equivalent to to, uh, about a 5.0 earthquake. So Mm -hmm. it was was not a nothing. Not a little thing. No, No, it was Mm -hmm. not. That's a pretty big shake of the earth. The explosion also caused some interesting atmospheric phenomenon, including reports that the night sky in Asia and Europe had a glowy quality to them. That is a technical term. Glowy, kind of like Aurora Borealis. That was where I was going to ask. Um, No, more like glowy, not like lights, kind of just like a shimmery iridescence to it. Glowing in the dark kind of thing. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Uh, Some people reported that the blast sound they heard sounded like it moved east to north but i don't know if that really matters and also those people's positions weren't aren't really specified so i don't know how helpful yeah that is it probably changes depending on where vantage point is yeah i would would assume this area of siberia is so remote that it took more than a decade for the first investigators to come and try figure out what exactly had happened actually the russian civil war was also happening during this time so it took almost two decades it was it wasn't until 1927 that um, an exploration made it out there. Yeah, I think this uh, this guy, what's his name? Leonid Kulik? Yeah. Um, Kulik? Yeah. Apparently he'd been out there like, you know, uh, six years earlier on some unrelated matter. He heard all these stories of this big, huge kaboom. He was a mineralist. And, yeah. So he was going out. I mean, he, his job was basically... Find minerals. So his job was to go out and find minerals. Yeah, yeah for the um, glorious revolution. Right, and yeah. you do that mostly in kind of isolated areas. Like Siberia. Like Siberia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was out looking, and all these natives kept saying, yeah, there was this really enormous streak in the sky, and then this enormous kaboom. Giant boom. Yeah, and so it took him like six years, I think, to actually get the resources to come back yeah, and mount he an expedition. Could, he, it actually took him a really long time to, I don't know, probably kind of lie and convince his way because the the soviet government at the time is actually what bankrolled his first expedition yeah and i think what he said was he was sure that it was a meteorite and that he was going to find meteoric iron here maybe maybe some and maybe some some of them fancy pants things they call rare earths yeah stuff that was definitely going to further the cause of the soviet government so he basically said, hey, if you guys pay pay for me to go out and do this, with, I'll come back with a lot of really fancy, expensive, really worthwhile stuff. Plus, if I screw it up, I'll already be in Siberia. You won't need to ship yeah. me out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't go so well, but we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. Uh, when the expedition first arrived in the area, they asked some local tribe hunters to take them to the impact site or what they were assuming would be an impact site of some kind. This proved challenging because the tribe believed that this was, this whole event was actually a punishment sent down from a god. AKA, we're not going there. Yeah. They also, there was also some, some talk of some kind of boogeyman creature that might live in that area too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard um, the story I heard is that uh, the initial party went out and the guys like, before they got to the, the impact site, spooked and left. Because of that, that scary boogeyman kind of creature. Yeah. And they had to go back to town and go get more guys to come mm-hmm. back. Yeah. It was yeah. just a really long, arduous task to get out. It was a giant yeah. cluster. Yeah, it yeah. was. It really was. When the expedition did finally reach the center, the epicenter of this explosion event, whatever. They found a note. They found a note. And it said, no, love, Choopy. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. It 
they did not they really were expecting a crater because they thought oh a meteor hit and we're gonna get some really cool rare earth whatevers as not previously mention, mentioned some really awesome pictures yeah it's gonna be know. amazing but when they got there actually they were really surprised to see that actually what was there was just kind of a giant ground zero area where instead of the giant hole they were expecting to see there was actually a five mile patch of pretty undisturbed trees. Well, I think they, they were, were disturbed. They were disturbed, but they were still standing. Yeah, I think so their branches they were, were gone. Flattened yeah. And completely mowed. They down. were burned. They were scorched. Their branches were for the most part gone. Mm. But you will remember that seven hundred miles square miles around this patch of five mile wide trees that are standing Everything was just flattened. Can, uh-huh. I, can I stop for a second and just consider how difficult it must have been to walk and travel yeah. through With that, all those trees, all, all of that down. area? I mean, you think, well, I'm just walking through the forest. It's no, no big deal. But no, every tree is on the ground, and you can't you can't take probably two steps with having to walk on and over a giant tree trunk. I can't imagine how because when I go out in the woods, you know, if then I go through some area, some region where there's a lot of blowdowns from storms or whatever. Yeah, it's frustrating. Logging, it's just yeah. annoying. Yeah. It's just. I I mean, I start getting kind of... How, you think about how slow you go. Oh, yeah. It's now, just, think it's, about these guys yeah. that are a party. It's not like they, they're taking their supplies with them, so it's not as if their horses could get through the area. Oh, no. Or at least not easily. I mean, that's just I, a hell of a track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's a long one. I mean, yeah. you know, it is. It's yeah. just... Anyway, it was tough. As mentioned, we were talking about this stand of trees that somehow still existed. The five mile. Yeah, and the pattern that 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 group established for the blast is actually accurate somehow they they were they were right in this and they call it kind of an eagle it's kind of swoopy Wing. did you guys get to see it yeah well yeah. So i've seen it also described it took me a while to figure it out but i've seen it also described as a butterfly or yeah. moth pattern yeah because it's got oh. kind of the big lobes at the top and then mm. the little lobes on the Littler. bottom on but it's side. not just a circle right, or yeah. anything like that. That's what I had always, until we started researching it, I always thought it was just a big circle. Yeah. yeah not at all. No, it's not. Yeah. It's modernly estimated that this blast toppled more than 80 million trees, though I am i don't know about that, and I've never seen the Where reasoning that behind that. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Probably aerials. They probably just like took an aerial and just took one teeny counted square it. and counted the trees and multiplied it by X. You yeah. Know, and there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. During the expedition... Kulik found what are now called pothole bogs, but at the time he thought they were meteorite holes, though they were too deep for him to excavate, which, okay. He was going out there I mean, with was... the sole purpose to excavate minerals, but fine, whatever. Well, if, you watch the, if, if you see some of the footage of them, they, they, they have standard spades. Yeah. They don't have any kind of equipment to suck water out of a hole, and that's what you need to drain a bog. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. So I think, that's, I think that's why it was we can't do it, because no matter how fast I shovel, the water keeps coming back in. Totally, yeah. yeah. So Kulik did actually lead three more expeditions over the course of the next decade or so back out to this area because apparently the one time climbing over felled trees for 12 days wasn't enough it was his unicorn yeah i guess i don't know but so he had found those bogs and he thought oh there were meteorite holes and there that's where the meteoric iron's gonna be this time i will not fail the soviet yeah. government it's it's fine. okay comrade and yeah you, can, you, you actually can't blame him i mean i would go there expecting a hole in the ground too so any holes well, in the ground i saw i'd want to check them out yeah exactly you know? well yeah. it turns out so they brought the technology with them one of those three times to drain the bog and to get the meteoric iron out of the bottom of this bog on the hole in the center of a log and the tree and the toad and the no okay yeah. anyway it's fine it's a reference we don't yeah. get it it's, it's fine okay. i don't going. get it either yeah video game i'm sure it's camp song but whatever oh, okay they actually found at the bottom of the the bog a stump tree stump yeah a tree stump from space yeah is that what you're saying i think so Holy no crap. actually i think more of like a tree that had died and it was an old old tree yeah. that was at the bottom of a bog which mm-hmm. means that yeah. it couldn't have been recently mm-hmm. made by this meteor yeah. most likely not yeah. yeah bad luck obviously i'm sure the soviets were less and less patient every time that kula came back to them and was like listen i know i promised you the meteoric iron 
it's just not going to happen this time. I think they're just natural area bogs. I'll just full disclosure. I haven't ever seen anywhere a different explanation for them. Well, so I just think happen, they're just, know? it's, that's just a boggy area of Siberia. Probably. Fine, it's like the shirt says, bogs happen. There's a shirt that says that? Well, there will one. be now. I got to get one, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to make it. Yeah, it's going to be gonna on make the... my fortune. <laughs> Yeah, t-shirts that's, that's, yeah. that's how uh, it's gonna happen i'm sure uh, i'm gonna be done with this little podcasting mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. we'll miss you Take my t-shirt <laughs> empire okay great <laughs> you, you're not you're uh, gonna run out of ideas for a t-shirt so without the podcast yeah. so by this time you may assume that oh, yeah. the soviets might have decided that bankrolling these expeditions was pretty pointless because the meteoric iron not coming through and blah blah but no apparently not there have been tons of expeditions, most in the of which of science. Yeah, they actually, I, uh, yeah. they actually were kind of into the whole science thing. Yeah, you know, not necessarily for peaceful purposes, but they were. But into yeah, that it would be yeah. kind of interesting to know what exploded that powerfully, and yeah. if they could recreate it. Why not? So, like I said, tons of expeditions over the years, some more helpful than others. In the 50s and 60s, they decided to start sifting the dirt, and they found tiny silicate and magnetite balls. On other expeditions, the suspicion that these balls would be found in the trees was confirmed. So that theory was confirmed that they're just... Or at least lent some support. Lent some support, yeah. Yeah. And it did kind of lend support to the idea that something exploded really violently. Mm. And that these were just... material. Yeah, that it was material spread from this thing. Still kind of weird that there's no crater, but whatever. You know, there's been actually, uh, scientifically speaking, there still is to this day a lot of scientific speculation about precisely what happened. Yeah, that's why we're you know? doing a show on it. Yeah, I mean... I know, yeah. it seems crazy, but... But believe it or not, there's, there's still not a totally satisfying answer yeah. out there. Which, yeah. again, is why we're doing a show on it. Uh, no. yeah. Oh, is that why? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's still yeah. unsolved. No, I mean, I, mean yeah. the point, I guess the point that I was trying to get across is that this isn't just confined to the realms of, you know, like a, a conspiracy theories and stuff. There are actually a lot There's of scientists, a lot of scientists. Have, been, yeah. have been really looking into this hard yeah. Yeah. for a long time, and not just Russian ones either. Yeah. The, the composition of those balls, just briefly, uh, was consistent with an extraterrestrial thing of some kind. Again, that is the scientific term, okay? So mm-hmm. don't email me about that. Thank you. On later expeditions, the samples of flora in the area, especially bog peat, were taken and they found genetic damage similar to what you would find from a nuclear explosion. Chernobyl. Yeah, I've read some claims that people in the surrounding areas also suffered from genetic mutations on just a genetic level, not like suddenly they grew a third arm out of their torso or well, that's whatever. That's no fun. I know the not the not fun kinds, but I didn't. I wasn't really able to suss out the sources for that or if there had been good documentation on any of that. That's the sort of thing that, you know, you're watching the fifth BBC or History Channel thing. I love the on, air quotes on that. Yeah, History Channel documentary on this. And they say in passing, the people in the area were also affected on a genetic level. But that's like it. That's yeah, all you like, can hear. Like so, yeah, I'd like to get some explanation as to yeah. that and what did it. Because, yeah. There's other factors out there, too. Totally. Besides, I mean, that yeah. background radiation varies quite a bit from geographic location to location. Yeah. Yeah. Worth mentioning here briefly is there's a lake that we're going to talk about in a minute, so shut up. A lake! <laughs> That's about five miles or eight kilometers from the ground zero where all of the trees are still standing. That some people have speculated could, in fact, be a crater site. In 2017, some people suggested that the lake was created by a fragment fragment of a meteor, but not in, an entire meteor, but just a portion of one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but in, actually, I think the the original suggestion was well before 2017, right? Uh, yeah, and the, to we're gonna the, go yeah. deeper into this in just a minute. But uh, in '61, scientists did some sampling of the lake and estimated it had been created 5,000 years ago. So blah, yeah, the because they took samples of the rock and, and sediment. The sediment. Yes. Yeah. Because that's exactly. really the way that you figure out how old the lake is, is how much crud is built up on the bottom. Well, it can yeah. be. Yeah. Crud, dead animals, Nessie. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the lake is another another huge source of, it's a hot topic with scientists. And good news, we're going to we'll talk, talk about, about that it, I know. in a minute. I just wanted to give people something to look forward to. Oh, 
Because I know our listeners love hot topics from, you know, for something, hot science topics. Hot science yeah. topics. I was about yeah. to say, we're not at the mall at hot topics. Yeah. People don't love that place. Different Nobody kind of likes it. Topic. It's just full of teenagers and angst. And Actually, that's where angst I... Angst and acne. Yeah. That's where I buy all Black your lights. gifts, Devin. I, was, oh. Oh. I don't think that's true, but yeah. okay. Anyway, it I think... It really is. I've, I've had to argue with him on Christmas. We're getting punchy. And I think this is like a good time to start moving on to theories. Our first theory is a subatomic collision or antimatter theory. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Let you run with this. Uh, So this guy is a fun one. That's why we're starting off with it. Yeah. From truncated from the Wikipedia because sometimes they just do a better job of doing the explain like I'm five thing than I ever Listen, I go to children's websites sometimes. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's that whole thing where Einstein said, if you can't explain it to a five-year-old, you don't understand it, right? I do not understand this stuff. Okay. I'm not even going to pretend. <laughs> you don't get it? Okay, yeah. we'll spit it out. Then. Yeah. Lay it out. So yeah. antimatter comets, and that's what the theory would be, is that this would be an antimatter comet or meteor is a hypothetical comet or meteor composed solely of antimatter instead of ordinary matter. You guys know what the difference between those oh, things yeah. are, right? Yeah. It is a brain melter, but yes. It's not yeah. actually even a brain melter. Just reverse the charges on all the particles, and there you go. Yeah, it's basically Thanks, the, smart guy. It's, <laughs> it's the opposite awesome. of everything that we are, and antimatter and matter balance each other out, but for some not reason... Entirely. Yeah. But for some reason, there's just enough more matter than antimatter to allow knows. life. It's yeah. fine. And nobody knows it why. It is a brain yeah. melter situation. Anyway, there's a theory that there are comets because, you know, if there's matter comets, there's antimatter comets. They don't sure. matter. We just don't know. Are they off in another corner of the universe? Or Who knows? Are, yeah, are they blazing around or blazing what's going around, on? Interspersed, yeah. maybe? Yeah. I mean, it might be that we'll, we'll arrive at the nearest star and planet and everything. It'll be antimatter. And mm-hmm. we go They're to all, land and kapoof. Yep. You know? They're all yeah. hanging out in the, uh, mil- the, the, gal- the corner of the galaxy gymnasium smoking cigarettes mm-hmm. together. Exactly. Because it just yeah. doesn't matter, man. Yeah. It just yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the French philosophers of the, <laughs> you know, the material universe. Oh, I I was yeah. thinking they're more yeah. the, the, the kids who are like outside the old defunct auto shop class uh, that just yeah. like smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Anyway, basically, antimatter smokes. Yeah, is what we're getting. Apparently, yes. Apparently, mm-hmm. the theory here would be that what actually happened was we had an antimatter collision, an object of some sort. Yeah, and that was what caused this explosion. There are actually some interesting theories. We talked about ball lightning in an episode one time. Yeah, yeah, when we did the skyquakes. Yeah, this is actually there's actually a theory out there that antimatter comets actually cause ball lightning. I don't understand it. Still don't understand uh, it. Don't ask I, me to explain it. Don't. I think it, I, you have your quizzical face on. I no, can't I was trying to remember. That. We talked about ball lightning another time, and I'm trying. It was yeah, another one of my times. episodes. It was yeah. the the it's one of the lights episodes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but um, the thing about it is, is um, it, an object the size of a, of a, a comet made of antimatter it wouldn't just cause ball lightning. It would, yeah. It would, I mean, the release of energy would be enormous. Cataclysmic. It yeah, would be, like, it would a, be. like a 10 yeah. megaton. Like that's probably uh, what killed no, the dinosaurs actually, level stuff. Actually, actually that is I what suspect, those theories are a little yeah. bit. I, I, no, I suspect that something the size of a comet hitting the, hitting the planet Earth that was antimatter would be a lot bigger than Tunguska. Well, but, the problem, uh, yeah, the problem is here, and we'll talk more about this kind of in the comet later. meteor theory. But the problem is, is that for something big enough, made of matter or antimatter, to survive through our atmosphere, it has to be bigger. Mm-hmm. So it would have made a bigger. It, it would have been made a bigger explosion. But if it was little to make an explosion of this size, it would have just disintegrated in long before it got that close to exactly. the surface. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Although you know, just fun fun science fact. Actually, antimatter hits uh, hits the Earth every day. Constantly. Constantly. Constantly yeah. yeah. And actually, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Is the bad news for this theory is that in 1958 they were able to disprove that uh, by the size that it would have had to have been, it would have either been kill all the dinosaurs kind of yeah, exactly. explosion, yeah. or it would have totally disintegrated in the Earth's atmosphere, because mm-hmm. that's what they usually do. 
Apparently. So this one doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. No, it's a cool theory, though. I like it. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I hope that if an animated comet comes by one of these days, that it won't hit us. Um, yeah, it could hit one of actually, those other I, dumb planets. Yeah, I feel I kind of feel the same way about just matter comets, for that matter. I don't, mm-hmm. uh, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want either one of them hitting us. I don't really either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The next theory is that uh, it was an alien craft that exploded. Yeah, I like this, this one, theory. This one has been around a long time because I remember hearing this one when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Because this story has been around a long time. Since, uh, I, I think it probably happened after, when you were like nine or ten. Uh, after yours. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, it has, this story has been around for 110 years, actually. And yeah. the people have been fascinated for at least 90 well, of those years. With it was, it. It, yeah, but it, it wasn't until like the 60s or so and you started getting a lot of paranormal well, type books coming out. Well, and That's stuff, when it stuff really... slowly started leaking out of the Eastern Bloc. But it had that weird mystique because, well, they were keeping it behind the Iron Curtain and you didn't know what was there. So there was, it it had a a different flavor and a different uh, panache is not the right word, but it just, it got people going. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Still does, actually, I think a lot of times. The theory here, the most prevalent theory that I've seen, the reason for the alien craft being there and being so low to the ground is that it was... That lake, you remember we were talking about, it's Lake Checo Uh that's close by. The theory is that they, Siberia would be a place that you, an alien craft who was just trying to do research, scientific recon research. It's it's isolated enough that. Yeah, makes sense. That would be the kind of place that they would want to go to not get caught. So the, the theory is that they were trying to take some water samples or something like that, or fuel up with water some they were doing something with the water in the lake in lake checo mm. and somehow it just exploded somebody hit the wrong button they were trying to put something in mr fusion and yes yeah well, that gets back to my what i was saying when we talked about the uh the secret base in antarctica you know as you can be confronted with these aliens who have this, this fantastic technology and that doesn't mean they're not just dumbasses. yeah you know they can totally be they can totally be just dumb yeah so they, i think somebody hit the wrong button but when I was a kid, the first time I ever heard this story was uh, in a book that I've referenced before, uh, Stranger Than Science by Frank Edwards. Mm-hmm. And he talked about this one. And his theory was uh, the alien craft came down to Earth and it was like, it was like an emergency ditch kind of deal because their, you know, their, their, their positronic reactor was overloading and they were going to blow and they needed to find a place to land right now. And so they picked Siberia because it's the most isolated place. So... Yeah, you know, if it did blow up, then not not as many people would get killed on the ground. Oh, that was nice. And so of that was, no, very nice. Very, I yeah. thought so too. So that was his theory: hmm. is that it was a desperate alien trying to land his craft, but yeah. he didn't quite make it. It in time. does seem like parts of alien craft would have been found. Yeah. If that were in fact what had happened. Uh, well, yeah. I, I actually have a counter to that. Okay. So have you ever built a boat out of? You ever built the the paper boat? You know, you fold it and then you float the little paper boat down the the waterway or down the gutter or whatever. Yes. So now you just scale that up and you slap some nuclear reactors on there and there it is, the paper alien craft so, and so it, just, it exploded and burned up. You're saying that oh. interstellar travel is done by paper? Uh, yeah. But you've got to use about 120 bond though. That okay. that crappy 40 pound uh-huh. stuff just will not survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess another theory similar to that could be that that the Leonardo da Vinci spacecrafts that were made out of wood were actually feasible, and that's actually yeah, maybe was, he is actually an alien, and he was just trying to tell us that he was he, trying to go uh-huh. home. Yeah, he was ET, and then maybe it was Leonardo. It did explode. Maybe yeah, somebody maybe reanimated his corpse and yeah. said, "Hey, dude, you know, let's see that spaceship come yeah. on." And so he tried; it didn't quite work yeah. out. You it know, blew up, and yeah, like this crude wooden up. nuclear reactor just mm-hmm. you know couldn't quite handle the Possible. stresses. Yeah. yeah. All right, so well, we've stumped all over so that. We have, but the only thing I will mention here is that there, the Russians did do one exploration of the area in 2004 and apparently found some stuff but haven't publicly released what they found. Mm. Which doesn't surprise me. They probably didn't actually find anything and people are just blowing the sweat out of proportion. Marijuana. But, you know. Probably found a giant weed farm maybe, out there. Yeah. And... I don't know. Next so, theory? Yeah. Oh, let's hear the next theory. Tesla. 
Tesla, the car? Nope. I love those well, cars. Well, there's one in Not space that could someday crash down and cause an explosion yeah. on that one. He's ironic, just sending it to, it to Rainbow Road, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but. No, it, would be, it would actually be ironic if the thing actually came back down and it crashed on that exact same spot. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I yeah. But I don't, I don't think it's accurate. I think it achieves escape velocity, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not coming back. It's floating around somewhere near Mars or something. It's not in orbit, yeah. Yeah, it, it's supposed to Unless be it in... Unless it gets bumped back. Mars like the giant intergalactic game of pool. Yeah. yeah, bounces back. That'd be kind of fun. Anyhow, let's talk about this theory seriously. Okay. It was Tesla. actually Nikola Tesla, the you know famous energy guy. The mm. smart guy. Scientist. He apparently had a giant tower that he was working on building. I had read in Colorado Springs, but Joe tells me I'm wrong about that place. I heard it was Long Island, New York. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere in America. That was called Wardenclyffe Tower. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... It wasn't, he, he wasn't building it specifically, right? He was repurposing some kind of tower that was already there. I, I don't know if he built it from scratch or not. I, I know that there was already a building there. I just well, maybe that it was, there was that. They built yeah. it on top of this building. Yeah. But yeah. it was supposed to be this giant broadcast energy tower, apparently, that could broadcast 10 billion watts of power well, worldwide. Well, Tesla was all about beamable wireless, energy. Wireless yeah. energy, which, yeah. cool in idea, theory, but... cool, sure. I don't know about the 10 billion watts, but maybe, I Just don't know. Just don't become tower, don't come between tower A and tower B. Basically, That's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a no-fly yeah. zone. Yeah. 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 Lots there. of dead yeah. pigeons in that area. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the the crux of this theory goes generally that Tesla was mad at J.P. Morgan for not funding a pro the end of this building project. Yeah, apparently J.P. Morgan had cut off the funding for it. He had banked yeah. it originally, but yeah. then decided he wasn't seeing results. So, yeah. So screw you, Tesla. So Tesla decided yeah. to show off the power of it or something. Not, it's not really, really well fleshed out here what, yeah, he what was, the reasoning was well, behind it. I think the, the I think the plan was is that Tesla was going to give a demonstration by shooting a massive bolt of energy because apparently if you read the, about this theory he was yeah. also besides the the transmission uh, through the through the air of electricity he was also working on this sort of death ray yeah although he preferred to call it the so, peace ray well yeah Be well yeah. I saw I saw one of the websites referred to it as the rest in peace ray <laughs> yeah <laughs> other people call it the peace ray yeah. because. Because it would be such a scary weapon that war would become non-existent. Mm -hmm. Although I got news for 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 doesn't work out that way. But no, I mean nice everybody, try. everybody said that about nuclear weapons; yeah. they would make war obsolete. Well, sure. it didn't really work sure. out that way. Yeah. But, but anyway, he was going to put on to show the world who was everybody was skeptical. He was going to put on a demo by like shooting a massive bolt of, of energy at the North Pole. Yeah. You know, and that would show people. And that, he yeah, and he you know, was what he had going there. And what was the name of the explorer that he told? Uh, Robert Perry. Yeah, yeah. He said he was headed to the North Pole, apparently, at that time. And he told Robert Perry, watch for unnatural phenomena while you're out there. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah, wink, wink. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. that could mean anything. Again, out oh, of context, for this is, sure this is an can. underlying tenet of this show. Out of context, anything can mean anything. Yeah. Well, if, if, the, if the meeting even took place. You know, I checked on Perry's last expedition, or his 1908 expedition. And they left New York City uh, July 6th, 1908, which mm -hmm. was... After the Tunguska event. Right. Well, yeah. and, you know, it's, I guess it's a little possible even that by that time they had heard about the Tunguska event. Uh, within a week, I don't <laughs> think so. Not. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it's, that. Yeah, it seems unlikely, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's I mean, why, that's why, well, the, the thing about it is, is you read about this story in multiple places, but I don't know if it's actually got any basis in reality or if it's just everybody, somebody made it up and it's all been cut and pasted. I think yeah. people just like to have Tesla be this. He is in yeah. every freaking story. Thing. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, the guy was very smart and did some amazing things. Yeah. But he is involved in very positive and very negative ways in so many stories oh, yeah. that it's just, there's no way he could have had any time to do any of the things he we know he did yeah. and do all those other things. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure he did a few, at least a few weird uh, otherworldly oh, things. Oh, I'm sure he Yeah, did but I don't think stuff, this was but... it. Next up is what I'm calling the Bogle Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually uh, the idea of natural gas buildup igniting somehow. Mm -hmm. As mentioned, me of college. Yeah, it's okay. uh, <laughs> pretty similar to 
the theory behind that Bogle Chandler case, as I mentioned a minute ago, and a couple mm. others that we've talked about. And this fits in with those bogs you were talking about. Yes, yeah. there are a ton of bogs in that area, and some scientists have speculated that there could have been a buildup. Okay, these are all every number in this story is just Doctor Evil esque, you know? Yeah, big numbers. It's like yeah. one hundred billion. This one is ten million tons of gas could have built up in that area over a period of time and then exploded. Which okay, it's possible. But, yeah, the, the the idea that uh, you get all these decomposing you know plants and everything, and you get this layer of methane gas down there, but it's frozen all the time, and it keeps accumulating, and then one day you have a, just an unseasonably warm summer, and it all that ice melts and starts gassing off, and next thing you know, you get this huge, enormous, essentially fuel-air mixture bomb hanging over the countryside. And a rock falls and causes a spark, and well, boom. Yeah, or one animal lighting a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. that's why they all die. Damn squirrels. Yeah. Well, it could have been ignited by actual lightning, because as you may recall, the eyewitness reports did say there was a bolt of blue light. They said it was blue light, mm -hmm. but... It, who knows what it could have been. I will say, you both remember, this was two-plus years ago, all those reports out of the Soviet bloc started showing up of these giant holes in the ground. Yeah. And they couldn't figure out. And one of the prevalent early theories was... There must be, as Joe described, these giant pockets of gas that, yeah. as things warmed up, all the gas heated up and was released, and then something ignited it to make these... Now, we've figured out since then, they're pretty sure they're actually just sinkholes. Yeah. Because yeah. no material was ejected away, but... That's That was the first thing I thought of after I got past my paper UFO ship idea, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was that it must be just a giant gas bag that exploded. It could be, although it's, you'd think that it happened more often. You would, yeah. And maybe it did, because there are those places in... Oh, Lord, what is the place? There's some lake in Europe that is known... For, or not Europe, in Asia... That is known for having lights at night. The Min Min lights? And, and no, no but they Texas, figured out on this lake, yeah. it's in Asia. The Min Min's are in oh, yeah. Australia. Sorry. But they figured oh, out oh. that it's gas that is leaking and occasionally igniting. And that's why people say that this lake is on fire all the time. It's just natural gas leaking out and something in the atmospheric conditions set it off. I don't think that's what this is. I don't but either. it is very easy to say. On a grand, massive scale, that would make sense to explain what happened at Tunguska. It yeah. would, except for the stand of trees that was unaffected. That, that is isn't weirdo. really that. explained. There is There's a second part of this theory, and that is a thing called Vernonshart. Vernonshart. which is basically an underground volcanic eruption, but from gas. I don't understand it. I can't explain it like I'm five. I think that's kind of the sinkhole thing that we were just talking about. So it's a bunch too. of gas underneath and then it... Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But I don't I don't think it's likely because it doesn't make sense with the tree pattern, the tree fall pattern. I don't think that... That would have been probably... It feels worth mentioning at Yeah, least. there probably would have been evidence of this sort of weird quasi-volcanic activity, don't you think? You, I um, would, yeah. I would, but... The only thing I will say is that the tremors, you know, mm -hmm. it was basically earthquakes, so it could have been, mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Volcano-y. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next theory. Another theory? Oh, no. yeah, Volcano-y is not our final theory? No. Sorry, I just like that technical term that yeah. Joe tossed out there. Yeah. Volcano-y, yeah. We've been doing a lot of technical terms in this we episode. We have. Yeah. Uh, the I'm going to make a whole bunch of t-shirts from this episode. <laughs> it's the final theory in... It is that it was a meteor or a comet or something like that. Hmm. The big problem that people seem to have with this comet meteor theory is the lack of a crater, yeah. which I agree with. I think that's mm. a problem. That is the deal. And that's because, I mean, it's not at all unusual for a decent-sized meteor to come rocketing in and explode in the atmosphere and not ever contact the Earth. Like we had that one, uh, was it five years ago in Russia? And, and, uh -huh. uh, Another one in Chelebinsk. Russia. Chelebinsk. And Chelebinsk. Yeah. And that one, uh, which we all remember, never touched the, never touched the surface at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, but, but the problem here is like that the numbers don't quite pencil. Yeah. Because, I mean, this thing was so big, there must have been enough mass. There's no way it could have all like 
evaporated yeah. in the atmosphere. Something had to have hit the ground. So yeah. let's talk about. I was going to say, do you want to talk about Chelyabinsk first or second? No, let's talk about like the lake first. Okay, yeah. let's do that first. Then the this lake, Lake Cheko, as we mentioned, yeah. has been, I guess, suggested as the place where it a, down. as a as a possible site for a meteor, and it goes back and forth. It's either it is the crater itself, or it's hiding a big chunk of a meteor. It just happened to fall into this biggest lake and like it sort of rocketed off to the side and ran over there and hit the lake. Yeah, just by happenstance, happened to, happens to, to disappear. Right in the middle. Basically, yeah. yeah. That's they, why there is no Nessie in that lake. Yeah, we, she was we, cooked off. We said that they did a ton of sampling of the silt and the lake bed that concluded that it was about five thousand years old. So that kind of gets rid of that theory although that ended up being wrong about the actual time of when the lake was created but it's been back and forth pretty much oh yeah the entire time a lot of scientists working on this and yeah then, you know arguing back and forth about it I mean, yeah yeah there were studies in 2008 and 2017 that say the trees surrounding the lake are much older than 100 years old and they should so have been knocked down they should have been knocked meteor, down right? yep okay and core samplings of the bedrock indicate a lake of at least 280 years old, which isn't prehistoric, but it's not right. 110. Yeah. However, studies from 2001 and 2009 indicate that the shape of the lake was consistent with an atmospheric crater of some kind. And further realized that the sediment could have easily been built up over 100 years Instead of just you know five thousand years or eight hundred and mm. or two hundred and eighty yeah. years or anything like yeah, that, and actually the uh, the fact that it actually looks like it might have been a meteor impact doesn't mean it was this one. It could have been a previous. Could one. have been a <sighs> really old one. Of years ago, I'll just yeah. say that general consensus at the time of this recording, because it, it could change it any day, that is that at least the majority of this lake existed prior to this meteor hit mm. or whatever it was yeah because it, I, think about okay let's let's just pretend that what we jokingly talked about in the beginning of this theory actually happened that this chunk of not the entire meteor right or but whatever it is piece a of piece it. of it happens to just conveniently land in this big ass lake that's five miles away from the epicenter correct yeah okay it's still going to be really really hot and moving extremely fast and such that it is probably going to if it doesn't push all the water out of the lake or boil it all off which are things that you think well meteors would do because they're so freaking hot but even if it doesn't do that it is probably going to cause so much disturbance in the water you know undercurrents and and impact like cavitation almost that the whole lake bed is going to be stirred up all of that sediment that would be going down would probably get all mixed up and that get lake would be yeah. one very dirty dirty non-life supporting environment for because of all of the stuff floating into it for a significant period of time well so that would make the the stuff that they try to pull not make sense because you would think bear with me here if you pull core samples from five areas they should be relatively similar in profile. But uh -huh. if the whole thing has been stirred up like a kid sticking a straw in a milkshake, then nothing's going to match from one sample to the next. And that would, A, throw your results off, and B, should be an indicator, wait, something really, really catastrophic happened in this aquatic ecosystem. So I don't, I don't think that that could have happened because it's just... It would have been so much turmoil you in there. You think it would have been obvious then? In I the think it would have been samples? obvious that, yeah, that nothing probably. matched from one spot to the next. And so it, it shouldn't make any sense. And I, I would think that it would be to such a degree that it would be very obvious. Yeah, I think sure. that um, the, thing, the thing I don't really like about it is that the, the angle of the lake is the, uh, essentially north-northwest of the, of the impact site. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, whereas the, the best estimates I've heard from science, the scientists is that the meteor itself came in kind of from the essentially north 50, 150 degrees east. So essentially that would be east-southeast, which means that if it was a fragment of this comet, meteor, whatever it was, 
it would have had to come in essentially from the east, like I said, east, southeast, come in, and, and then this other piece would have had to somehow fragment off. and 90 hang, degrees hang, or something? Well, not, not 90 degrees, but we're talking at least 45, 50 degrees. Which is a pretty severe make a, angle. Make a sharp right turn to, to go up and, and hit the ground up here at this lake. So you yeah. know, that's, that's one of the things I can't quite, that, that kind of makes me doubt the whole lake hypothesis to begin with. I, would, I totally agree. I discount the lake pretty, yeah. pretty mm-hmm. adamantly. The theory that most scientists seem to be a part of at this point is that a comet came down towards Earth, but slowed significantly and then just blew up in midair. Apparently a stony asteroid about 33 feet wide, which is 10 meters wide, which is big, can produce an explosion of about 20 kilotons, which is similar to that of the Fat Man bomb. <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't... Um, yeah, I'm sorry. We didn't do a good name naming those. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you, uh, what is, is it Randall Monroe, the guy who writes XKCD? Is that his name? I always want to say know. Randall Flagg, but that's the guy from The Stand. You gave me that What If book of his, yeah, and I just finished it. And I was laughing because... He was doing some problem in the end, and it was everything is related to the size of Fat Man and Hiroshima. And it, yeah, I, it is. I, I mean, looked at it, it was like, oh my god, it's it really a, is. Everything is. It's That's just an point. easy yeah. way to kind of Dang. signify the amount of damage that can happen. Yeah, because it saves yeah. somebody like you know, like a truckload of dynamite. Well, so what? We want, not... we want to see the we want to see the kind of carnage it can create. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. By that number that we gave in the beginning, that that big of an asteroid would still be about a thousand times less powerful than the explosion. Yeah, but that's, I, uh... but it has been downgraded a little bit, but not to that level. Uh, no, not that far. It's been downgraded, I think, by more recent simulations, down to three to five megatons. But uh, still, which is still far more a than, lot. than than <laughs> yeah. twenty kilotons. Yeah, so a lot, lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they're saying that just to put it in perspective, the 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 Chelyabinsk meteor we talked for five years ago was estimated to be about seventeen to twenty meters wide and about eleven thousand tons. Mm-hmm. So then, and that's still pretty decent size. Uh, did not come anywhere close to producing any kind of devastation on a scale of what we saw. Yeah, here at Tunguska. Yeah, and just briefly, we'll talk about that meteor in a second. But the yeah. reason that we know about the dimensions of a stony meteor and how much blast it can produce is because the United States Air Force has been actually tracking a ton of upper atmosphere explosions of this size. So they're able to kind of extrapolate out. They happen all the time in our upper atmosphere when most of these things explode. There's so much crap floating around in our solar system. It's scary. You know, I'm actually surprised that uh, at least every now and again, one of our satellites isn't just smeared. Yeah, you know because and, well, I think they are. We just don't know about them so much. Maybe they don't tell us. But I mean, that could, you know, the, why the, do you think uh, your Instagram feed just went down? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. it's that's not because it you put up those really gross photos. It's because the satellite got smashed. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's an good. estimate just by by these same people who do these models all the time that an explosion like the Tunguska one could could happen about once every 300 years. So there's some precedent of it, but. It's it's unlikely. Not. Uh, I know Steve really wants to talk about this other incident. Other? The well, five the year Tunguska ago. one is. So I have some. The math that is re- recorded for Tunguska and uh, Chelyabinsk, they seem to be calculated in a different way. And I think part of it is because we have such good visual data of the most recent one in that area. Because it all depends on the the angle or trajectory of the thing through the atmosphere. Yeah. They they never fall straight down. They always come in at a glancing Usually. angle. Yeah. So then they, they experience a lot more turbulence and friction, which then burns them up. And so, of course, Chelyabinsk, I had it here that it was equated to a 400 to 500 kiloton explosion. Okay, well, that's because this thing appeared to have been completely and totally solid rock all the way through and not nearly as big as what they say that the Tunguska one was. Yeah. 
But I can the the problem, of course, is that Tunguska didn't leave any residue on the ground, any large bits and pieces, which is, led to an alternate theory of a comet. Right. Yeah. But there are there are things that I mean, it could be a comet, or it could be. Um, it's not always a comet, but they I've read about asteroids or meteoroids that are basically a giant shell of stone and mm. rock with a giant uh, ice interior. So it's not so much an astro or a comet because it's not moving like a comet, but it's just it's the what's the the snow cone thing you get at the at the county fair where they put the sprinkles on the outside but it's all ice inside it's the it's the interstellar version of that uh, without the waffle cone that's right they call that the tunguska yes, yes yeah one of yeah. those but it could be that by the time it got close enough it finally burned through the rock layer that when the whole thing just went boom it did drive a whole bunch of crap into the earth it just turned out that crap happened to be super dense ice yeah. which then melted it could be the, it's uh, the old magic knife or uh, knife blade or knife bullet theory well, which that, you see and that would actually also explain that glowy stuff we were talking about yeah, the a ice little crystals, bit yeah. yeah that it it could have been ice crystals that got stuck in the atmosphere for uh-huh. a couple days because that's how long that was going on that glowy technical term yeah. Uh, phenomenon was. Yeah, but yeah, the, um, the the actual the mystery is still there. I mean, a lot of people think this is totally solved, but it actually isn't quite. There's still some debate between the asteroid theory and the comet theory. Believe it yeah. or not, yeah, the snow and cone the re- theory. Yeah, yeah. And, the re- and the reason again, back to what I was saying before, they downgraded it to from 15 to 20 megatons, and they downgraded the explosion to three to five. Before they were saying, okay, it would have to have been. X mass to produce this explosion. Therefore, there's something had to have hit the planet. Now that they've downgraded it to a smaller mass, therefore a smaller explosion that happened closer than we thought, then I'm not so sure that it the comet theory is as necessary as it was seen to be previously. Uh, yeah, that's that's where the comet theory kind of came from. Is because comets are kind of dirty snowballs that have some big chunks of rock, but they're also held together by methane and frozen water, a.k.a. ice. Mm-hmm. And that would break apart, create a huge boom, but the constituent parts are small enough, they would all disintegrate before hitting the surface. Where, yeah. But at the same time, you know, our, our understanding of some of these objects, like Steve was saying, has changed. We know that asteroids, for example, aren't all the same. Yeah. Some of them may look like balls. You get We look at them up closely now, and they look like sort of clumps of, of, of rocks kind of held together just by a slight mutual attraction of gravity yeah, and stuff like that. Well, so, and the other, yeah. the other difficulty is, of course, at the angle, depending on the exact angle that it came in, when this thing exploded, it could have launched all of the rocky material forward in this kind of projection up and away and sent it hundreds of miles out before those bits came crashing down which would be outside of the blast zone. So then nobody's looking there because, well, all the flattened trees are here. So let's look in here for the bits. Yeah. And they've actually been thrown away. Kind of like you see it with um, with volcanoes. Sometimes you'll see those those weird smoky balls that'll just go, and it's just the random weird ones that get thrown way out. That same phenomena can happen. Yeah. And it just depends on what the material is. Yeah, it's it's a big old mystery still, though. Uh, you know? Yeah, it is. I mean, it, you know, it's a celestial object of some sort. UFO, I would agree. UFO, comet, asteroid, yeah. or something else. In, paper uh, UFO. Paper UFOs. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, most likely a meteor. Um, but, you know, maybe a comet. I mean, there's no... It Com- could also our, our, a fragment of a comet. Is, yeah, or a fragment, a, a piece of a comet, too. I yeah. mean, our understanding of comets has, has been changing, too. It has. I mean, we yeah. used to think they were just all big snowballs, but there's, they could be all kinds of different things. They don't yeah. have to be one thing or the other. Yeah. Uh, so I could see a comet with a, a big old chunk of rock right at the core of it, mm-hmm. you know, that would be big enough to make a big boom. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any other things you want to add to this? Um... Hmm, let me think. We talked about Chippy last week, so not this week. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. UFO, we did that whole thing. Hmm. I've got nothing, yeah. but if I think of it, I'll I'll interrupt you and in what you're going to do next. Yeah. Cool. Do you uh, know what I'm going to do here. next is just say, it was clearly Da Vinci. <laughs> yeah, it was clearly Da Vinci. Yeah. And that's all with, I have to say. With uh, you know, I like uh, Da Vinci with uh, Chippy behind him with a knife to Da Vinci's throat, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Take me back to our home world. Yeah. yeah. Take me back to the 20th century. Yeah. yeah. Well... 
I guess that's it for this episode then. Yeah, okay, we figured that one out. Huh? Yeah. Oh, take Thank that, scientist. Yeah. Yeah. We're better than you are. Ha. Uh-huh. That's not true. It's not even close. Not to even true. close. Yeah. If you are listening to this episode, you know where you're listening to us at. It could be Stitcher Premium. It could be our website. It could be iTunes. Wherever you're listening to us, please subscribe, leave a comment and a rating so everybody else can find us, etc. For those of you who don't know, we are on Stitcher Premium. You join it, you get episodes ad-free four days early and some bonus content once a month. It's pretty cool. If you are listening to us on the website, you can find links to our science research. Because it's more better that way? It's more better that way. Also, you can find links to our merchandise stores and episode lists of every single episode we've done. Lots of fun stuff on the website. The website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You can connect with us on social media. So we've got a Facebook page that you can like. We've got a Facebook group that you can join. If you're going to join, you should answer the questions. And they are yes and Thursday. You can find us on Twitter at Thinkin' Sideways. You can find us on Instagram where we are Thinking Sideways Podcast. Lots of good stuff out there. If all of that... it goes down because the satellite gets knocked out of orbit. Mm. If all of that is too complicated for you and you just want to send us an email, well, good news. We've got an email address too. That email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. All of that having been said, we're going to go ahead and blast on out of here. Yeah. I don't know, kaboom or something. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to go get in the freezer. I've got some of those drumstick ice creams that I think I'm going to use to model how this worked. I'm pretty sure the, the, the waffle cone part burned off first. So mm. let's, I've got a torch. Mm. Joe, you hold the snow cone. We're going to make it happen. Perfect. Okay. All right. Devin gets the AR-15. Mm.